All right, welcome to Wild Chats Podcast number six here. As I welcome Alex Ladd, I'm Kevin Larney. What's up, guys? How you doing? So, Ladd, tell us a little bit about yourself. What brings you here? Tell us some of your uh, some favorite teams that you have. Yeah, you know, I'm a huge Boston sports fan, Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins. Uh, me and Kevin, we, we go way back. We met in uh, freshman year of high school. We are actually in the same class, and Kevin introduced himself to me. And we got, uh, what was it? What is this, a uh, Bachelorette episode, or is this a sports podcast <laughs> here? What the hell is going on? All right, Home Run Derby. Lad, you watched it. What is... What is your thoughts on that? I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he had 91 home runs that night. Didn't even win the home run derby. Pete Alonso of the New York Mets won it. I didn't I didn't even watch it. You watched it. I was at work, but tell us what you thought of about that. Uh, yeah, you know, as the famous philosopher Jared Carabas once said, Vladdy Jr.'s ass is indeed a wagon. Um, I was very impressed with his ability to hit home runs. They're so natural. His swing is so fluent. And really, yeah. it just came down to the fact that you know he got tired. I mean, if you can't hit 91 home runs yeah, and then facts. be able to keep jacking them up. So, I mean, it, it, Pete Alonso, he had a great night. He got off to a slow start. Uh, I think he was kind of destined to win in the final rounds. He, he was more fresh. He had more you know time to recover from the rounds, especially considering Vladdy Jr. went into... A swing off um, right so i mean it, it was a great night great for baseball i do think that the home run derby is becoming more and more popular and i actually right. read an espn article saying that it could become its own thing and kind of you know take over some of the popularity of regular baseball so who knows where it's going to go with that you think it will take have its own sport is that what you're suggesting here a home run derby just you know, sort of separating if, if, itself if you, if you think about it the home run derby it's different than baseball. It's a different type of, you know, strategy and skill set that goes along with it. That's why you look at someone like Vladdy Jr. He has right. what eight home runs this season. He's not, he's not really figured out MLB pitching yet. Obviously, he's very young and he probably will. But yeah, there yeah. is definitely a, a different skill set that goes into the home run derby, and it almost could become its own thing. I actually read. I mean, yeah, I I see what you're saying. I mean, it is like the most hyped thing in All Star Weekend, really. Like. If you think about it, I mean that might have been the best home run derby of all time. Like I, I can't remember a time where at the end of the night we say a player ended up with a total of ninety-one home runs and didn't even take home the crown. Yeah, I mean, wasn't like the previous record like fifty or sixty? Like he yeah. destroyed it. What's crazy is Vlad. You know, he's only a rookie. He's in. He's playing his first year with the Blue Jays. Last year, you know, he's. He played like what forty minutes away from us from for the uh, Manchester Fisher Cats, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, our, now, our friend Isaac actually. Yeah, shout out so. Isaac. Worked for them. <laughs> Word on the street, he was tight with Lad, so pretty hype. But uh, yeah, I mean now he's now he's in the home run derby under the bright lights. And uh, do you think he'll be better than his dad, Vlad Guerrero Senior, or not? Nah? I mean, he was one of the best hitters of all Vlad, time. Vlad, Vlad is a Hall of Famer. He was the ultimate junk ball uh, hitter. Right, you know, right, right. He literally he hit a couple home runs off bouncing balls. Reminds me of Adrian Beltre too. But yeah. I mean, it's very hard to hold up your dad's legacy like that. Obviously, he's going to be a huge power hitter. Maybe he 
is more of a power hitter than his dad, but doesn't necessarily possess the average that his dad once did. Mm. But, I mean, only time will tell. All we do know is that Vladdy Jr. is – He's he's on the path towards superstardom. He is. I mean, just look at the home run derby potential he has. Like, you know, the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah, Vlad Jr. First round, twenty nine home runs. Second round, forty home runs. He beat Jock Peterson by one home run in that second round, and then he lost by a home run to Pete Alonso. And of course, can we just talk final. about that that round with uh, Peterson? Yeah, that was just that's crazy. That could have gone either way. Like, Peterson had 39. I mean, had there ever even been the... So, first it started with the... They get 30 seconds. Or is it a minute? I think it's... Extra time? I I honestly have no idea. I think it's... We'll just say it's a minute. Yeah. So, first they get a minute, and Vladdy Jr. hits eight home runs in a minute. And it's just like, all right, that's that's ridiculous. That was a pace for, what, 32 home runs over the four minutes that they were originally given. And then... Peterson follows it up with eight home runs himself. Like Guerrero only has like eight home runs this year too. Like I know yeah. he started a little bit late, but no one was really expecting him to like go off here. I mean, he was. I'm looking at it. He was the eight seed. He was supposed to play. Uh, he was supposed to face up against Christian Yelich in the first round, but Yelich got injured last minute. Uh, just for precautionary reasons, I think he just sat out uh, for the home run derby, and then. I think he did play in the All-Star game, but I'm kind of disappointed that Christian Yelich, outfielder for the Brewers, leading the league in home runs this year. I think he has 31 yeah. at the halfway mark, which is absolutely like insane. But I kind of thought Christian Yelich was going to take this one, but I guess we'll never know. I mean, do you think Christian Yelich, that, that would have changed a lot of things? or? I mean, I'll tell you what. Christian Yelich versus Vladdy Jr. in the first round, that would that'd be some serious fireworks. Yeah, I mean, Christian Yelich had 29 home runs. Do you see Christian Yelich getting above that, like, first round? Like, that could have been absolutely crazy. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's a very good in-game hitter. I don't know if he'd necessarily be the type to perform extremely well in the home run derby. He hasn't been in it before, but right. you know, there's a good chance that he keeps up this power streak going into next year, probably gets invited again. Right, right, so right. hopefully he doesn't have any more issues with his back and he, he wants to participate. I think it'd be great for baseball. So moving on to, I mean, we haven't talked too much about the Red Sox this year. I mean, the defending World Series champions, you know, coming off that title season, uh, first year for Alex Cora as head manager, and then, you know, wins it all. But second season in, Sox are looking a little slow. They're third in the AL East, fifty and forty-one on the year. What do you expect in the second half of the season? I'll tell you Sox? what. Forever, for for Al- help. Do you think they? For however bad the Red Sox were in the first half, supposedly, they currently lead MLB in runs scored with 517 runs right now. It beats the Minnesota Twins by around three runs. They do. So technically they have the best offense in baseball by runs scored. So taking out the pitching right now, they're performing extremely well, especially if you look at two of our players, Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers. Right. The latter, who didn't make the All-Star game, I think that he deserved to be a candidate more than anyone else. He has he currently is eighth in position players in the AL in WAR, which is a very looked at stat in yeah. the MLB. Yeah, and every you're single, a big WAR guy. Every single player. You're a big player, WAR guy. You're a I huge am. WAR guy. 
Every single player above him and a few below him in war made the all-star game. So that's that's my piece with Rafael Devers. Now Devers looking is, yeah, looking at the pitching, that's Nathan Navaldi threw a bullpen yesterday. He is going to okay. take over that's good. at I mean, closer. We could use him. I yeah. mean. He's going to be our closer when he gets back. Now, I think that the bullpen, for as bad as it's talked you about... You think he should be the closer? I think he should. I think if really? he comes back as the closer... He was in the rotation, though, like, before he was... Well, you see, I'll get to that point next. All right, all but right. if Nathan Avaldi takes over as closer and we have kind of that solid person in the back of our pen, it's going to make the rest of our pen that much better because the seventh and eighth inning, we can rotate guys around and give them more rest. But if we have that solid person we know can get a save in the ninth, that's going to solidify the team. Now, looking at our starters, obviously Chris Sale has underperformed drastically and David Price has been better than people are saying. If we were able to add a starter at the the deadline, Mm -hmm. we could... Assuming Chris Sale... They were even, going for Zach Wheeler for the Mets. I don't know about him. I think we should go for maybe this one that's a little bit better. But assuming that Chris Sale plays better, which right. it shouldn't be very hard for him to. He's had a couple of good starts, but overall right, right, right. he hasn't p- performed very well. I think that the Red Sox can have good enough pitching to support the offense that has scored the most runs in MLB this season. And I think they're on pace to have a much better second half. Maybe they won't catch up to the Yankees because they've been very hot, but I think right. at the very least they should be able to make the second wild card spot. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think at this point it is kind of a long shot for them to get to first in the AL East, but I definitely do think Sox have a chance to get that wild card spot. Um, I don't know. I mean. <sighs> The Rays, the Rays currently sit above the Red Sox in second, um, and then the Blue Jays and Orioles are sort of ways behind. But do you have any early predictions for who will win the World Series, or any any uh, any teams in the MLB that that you like right now? Or I think you know if do you want to go through like the playoff? I seedings? mean. I mean, just looking at, I mean, for the Sox, I agree. As I said, like, wild card, I think that's what they should be shooting for right now. Um, I do think they need a, a lot more help in the bullpen. I thought they should have signed Craig Kimbrell because um, he was, he didn't, I mean, he's got his first save, like, what, week and a half, two weeks ago with the Chicago Cubs. Theo Epstein, former GM for the Sox, let in, signed Craig Kimbrell to, I believe, what three-year, forty-five million dollar deal? Some somewhere along those lines. Um, but I know uh, I know they were hesitant about giving Kimbrel that that deal. But our bullpen is so bad that they should just give hey, him. They Kimbrel pitched the two money. scoreless innings last night. I, I mean, I think that's. I think our bullpen is one of the big reasons why. We are third in the AL East right now. I mean, you do even you said it's run scored. Or do you you think even said run scored. Where are we ranked? We're first. In We're first. Score. So our defense probably sucks. I mean, that's probably why we're losing all these games. I mean, offensively, we should be one of the top teams in the MLB, but Listen, we can't keep giving up all these runs. I mean, something's got to change in pitching. Well, they're starting your bullpen, either one. 
Our bullpen's been bad, all right? The biggest thing that our bullpen has done is they've blown saves. Now, blowing a save doesn't mean you lose the game, but blowing a save means you probably should have won the game. Now, looking at our starters, right? Think about which starters have pitched well. David Price, and right. that's probably about it. Rick that's Porcello. It. Yeah. Rick Porcello has, like, what, like a 5.5 Rick, Rick Porcello is, like, Today's Clay Buckles. Yeah, this, like, this guy's either, what, three he's years either Cy, from Cy Young? He's and either he's Cy Young nominee or literally just straight up trash. He's yeah. one of those two. I mean... Chris Sale, what does he have? Like he's a, gone. I don't want to He's like a four-year... Four four or four Chris year Sale? Day. Yeah, what is it, around four? Uh, I don't 3. know. 3.5, something like that. Either way, he should be... I mean, we just gave him that contract, too. You got, what, like... North of 200 yeah. mil. I'll, I'll give him credit, though. He's owned right, to how bad he's been, and he's he's destined he, yeah, to become better this second half. I mean, he did own up to it, but at the same time, bro, like, gotta step it up. I mean, he got paid, he too. He will. I, you know, I have I confidence agree. in him. I, I do worry about that elbow, too. I mean, they signed him to a... Reading it right now. We're not even talking about how great of a... Night or Eduardo Rodriguez had last five year one hundred forty five million dollar deal, according to the legend himself Ken Rosenthal. (laughs) But that money, you know, I know there's no salary cap in the MLB, but still, I mean, you wonder. I mean, this Sox can't sign all these guys. I mean, they signed Chris Sale. They just signed um, Xander Bogarts, I believe, before the season started. And J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts' contract are both up at the end of the season. Well, I think J.D. has an option, maybe? Cause oh, yeah, J.D. does have an option. So, But what about Mookie Betts? What is his future with the Red Sox? You know, it's, it's tough to tell at this point. He seems like he's very happy in Boston, but if he's commanding a contract similar to that of Mike Trout or Bryce Harper, I don't to. think there's any guarantee that the Red Sox can reasonably pay that. Do you think that Chris Sale contract got in the way of the Mookie Betts signing? I, I think that they, they had to sign Chris Sale. The way he pitched last year, the way he's been pitching you know, in the past three, four years, there was, it was just there was no option that they wouldn't sign Chris Sale to the contract that they did. Now, I think with Mookie Betts, he's going to be tough. It's going to come down to how much he really wants to play in Boston. I know a lot of Yankee fans joke about him going to play for them. But if we can reasonably give him the money he wants right, yeah. and not destroy our future or kind of not allow us to sign other people in the future, yeah. then I think we should go for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm all in on Mookie Betts, but it, it is tough. I mean, we did. We just can't give everyone all this money. I mean, J.D. Martinez, I like to give him money as well. Um, I just think Mookie Betts is just a once in a generation kind of player that you're seeing right now i mean he is he is mike trout caliber i'd maybe say a small step down from that but you know he's coming off of that mvp caliber season last year i know he struggled a little bit in the world series uh as well against the dodgers um last season but mookie bet's talent uh should not go underappreciated i think i think actually the mlb has done a bad job promoting Mookie Betts, honestly. I think he's not talked about enough. Um, and then another thing that kind of... Mookie Betts is a hard guy to read, right? You never hear him say he likes Boston. You never really hear him say he hates Boston. I mean, he's a pretty quiet guy. He's to himself. 
So I don't really know what to expect from Mookie Betts this offseason. I'm not sure if he'd Mookie take a Betts, pay cut. The Kawhi Leonard of the MLB. True. That's a good transition, actually. We could talk about that. So we're going to move on from MLB, talk about the NBA. Uh, but to answer that question, I think Mookie Betts could be the Kawhi Leonard, but not go to L.A. I don't see him going to L.A. Yeah. If that's what you're either. suggesting. No, I was just saying do you see it, what the team, personality was. Last, last thought on that. Where do, you th- where do you see Mookie Betts ending up? I think the Red Sox will figure out a way to keep him. I don't see him leaving Boston, but if he were to leave, you know, I hate to say it, but he could be the next Jacoby Osbury and go to the Yankees. Oh, I'm not going to – I can't even think about that. But, yeah, that's an awful – that's an awful thought. I mean, that was an – Awful signing for the Yankees. Jacoby Ellsbury was so cheeks <laughs> yeah. with the Yankees after they signed him. But, all right, you said he's the Kawhi Leonard of the MLB. Kawhi Leonard this week signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, he's the first player in NBA history to leave his championship winning team in free agency, if that makes sense. So he won He won with the Toronto Raptors, and then he goes to L.A. Uh-huh. First player to ever do that after winning a championship. What do you think? I mean, do you think the Clippers are the best team in L.A. right now? I mean, a lot of free agency news happening in L.A. Uh, there were some reports that Kawhi was going to go to the Lakers, um, you know, join LeBron and Anthony Davis. I mean, some people really counted out the Clippers yeah, including myself, I kind of thought Kawhi Leonard was either going to get the max and stay with Toronto Raptors or take a little bit less money and team up with LeBron and AD. I'll but tell you no, what. he signed with the Clippers, and he got Paul George out of it. So, Because um, he, he, I guess he told the Clippers, no way. Uh, the only way he'll sign with them is if they trade for Paul George, and they gave up like four first-round picks for Paul George. So what do you think? Paul George and... Kawhi Leonard or Lakers, LeBron James, um, DeMarcus Cousins, and Anthony Davis? What team? Well, first, like I'll tell you what. Life? This has been the most interesting NBA free agency offseason I've ever seen. By far, the most players have basically just gone wherever they wanted and recruited whatever star oh, yeah. they wanted with them. You know, If you look at the duos that we have in the NBA right now, we got LeBron and AD leading it. We got Kawhi and Paul George. Now we got Russell Westbrook and James Harden. The West is stacked. The East is getting stacked. Yeah. You know, the 76ers have probably four legitimate, really good players in their starting Sixers lineup. are, yeah. The Sixers could easily be a favorite. I, don't, I think people are counting out the Celtics a little bit too much. If you look at it, we really haven't necessarily taken much of a step back you know Kemba Walker maybe is a little bit below what Kyrie Irving's skill set is but at the Mm. same time potentially his ability to work with players on the Celtics could be a more beneficial factor than what Kyrie Irving was able to produce if Kyrie Um, didn't I mean he didn't even enjoy playing in Boston and Kemba seems pretty ecstatic about joining the team so yeah, and if you look at the Raptors, you know, they lost Kawhi Leonard, but it wasn't all Kawhi Leonard that produced on that team. They still have Pascal Siakam, who's mm-hmm. bound to break out even more next season as he takes more minutes um, to fill in the hole of Kawhi. We got. They should have traded the him, team. though. Do you see that? Raptors. Um, no, Thunder offered the Raptors Paul George and Russell Westbrook for Pascal Siakam. And I don't know. If, I don't know if and I thinking about that, that, that thinking about that, if they did make that trade, they would have retained Kawhi Leonard. 
They they would have, but you can't believe everything that you're told by the media. I don't know if that was necessarily an actual trade. Because if that is no true, way. though, that is awful. If that's true, there must have been some reason that they didn't accept that because that's just the most lopsided trade I've ever heard. But beyond those three teams, you also can look at you know the Nets, who maybe not this year will be that great, but they're going to be great right. when they, once they get out. KD back. Yeah. I mean, the Knicks, for as bad as an offseason as they had, they have a lot of, they're building a lot of really good young players in the same way that the Nets did. So they can, you never know if a free agent is going to want to go there in the future because of this young core that they're building. Right, right, right. Um, Back to your question about, you know, you said which team in LA is better. Is that what? Yeah, 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 yeah. What, what, What do you think? You like the Clippers or Lakers? So I think I think there's some con- concerns with the Lakers. All right, mm-hmm. beyond I agree, yeah. beyond with LeBron Talent. and AD, and I guess who knows how Cousins will be next season. They really don't have a whole lot of depth. You know, and they yeah. have a few veteran signings, but it's kind of it's very questionable as to how well they'll work work together. The Clippers, on the other hand, they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George leading the way, but they also have really great players mm. that can work well that have worked well together. They're a playoff team without. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George last year, and now they have the Sixth Man of the Year and Lou Williams. You know they have other great players that have worked really well together, and they really didn't lose anyone this off season. So I think they're only bound to improve dramatically. You know the Lakers will improve too, but if yeah. you look at who's the deeper team with two star players leading the pack, it's the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the Clippers might have the better all overall roster just because I think they'll work better together but if you look at the lakers roster i do think they have way more experience um other than lebron james ad and and boogie cousins of course they uh they have rajon rondo kyle kuzma danny green javel mcgee contavious caldwell pope uh alex caruso quinn cook uh, they just took him away from the warriors jared dudley avery bradley so those are some some names that are uh have actually been pretty popular names in the NBA. I mean, Avery Bradley, he's kind of taken a dip down, but so he hopes to prove himself um, on this one-year deal. But I, I kind of agree with you that I, I do have some concerns with the Lakers just because I, I think there is like a lot of ego, and I could see a lot of heads budding, budding um, with this team. I think Clippers, I could definitely see being you know strictly business. You know, Kawhi Leonard doesn't really like to be in the media as much. Um, you know, and I do think the Lakers, there's something about the Lakers and that franchise history that brings a little bit more attention to the Staples Center more than the Clippers. Um, so I, I think media attention's a little bit slightly more focused on the Lakers, especially with LeBron there. Um, so I, I, I agree. I think the Clippers, I like the Clippers to come out of LA this year, but, um, it's not because I just could see the Lakers' ego could being another factor. I mean, there's a chance that the Lakers could be really good or really bad, and I think the only people that can beat them are really themselves. I think that I don't know. Also, I need to get this off my chest. The media needs to stop counting out the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, All right? I agree. Listen, they lost KD, right? They had Boogie Cousins, who was a solid contributor to them last year, but he really didn't play a whole lot of the season, and they still easily could have won the finals, barring a couple injuries. Maybe not easily, but it would have been a better series right. than it was. 
And if you look at who they were before KD, they were still a championship team. And who was leading the way? It was Curry, it was Thompson, and it was Draymond Green. Now they have a great young player in D'Angelo Russell. There's questions. That was a smart trade. They they were able. I mean, they knew they were going to lose KD, so they were like, "Why not? Yeah. We, why don't we get a young asset out of it, out of that deal?" And you know, it doesn't even necessarily mean they have to keep him for the long term. He himself can be used in a trade for someone else in the future. That's what people have been talking about. But I'll tell you what, even without Thompson for most of the season, right. Curry, Russell and Draymond Green are going to lead a great Warriors team. They're yeah. still going to be very good. I know the West is very stacked, but you can't doubt the experience that these guys have playing in the playoffs and building a championship-caliber roster. Now, when they do get Thompson back, if they get him back in yeah. the time for the playoffs, there's no reason why they can't compete for a championship. You know, Maybe they aren't able to edge out the other L.A. teams. or you know, I know teams like the Jazz and... The Rockets are both still remain very good, but I would never count out a team with this much championship pedigree as the Warriors. Mm. Yeah, I someone mean, even suggested that they wouldn't even make the playoffs this year. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I mean, with Clay Thompson out, it is going to be a big hit. I mean, without Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, that that is a big hit, and that's a heavy load on a guy like Steph Curry. Um, but Steph Curry's a top five player in the NBA, best shooter of all, all time. Um, uh, Draymond Green, what, top three defensive player in the NBA? Yeah, I'd I mean, I put him in there. I mean, they still can do it. It's going to be a heavy load. Um, the question I have is, do you see the Warriors keeping D'Angelo Russell um, when Clay Thompson returns to the lineup, or do you see them trading him away and getting uh, – maybe another star player out of it and, and trying to rebuild another like big three kind of thing or big four really for the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, in today's NBA, you literally have no idea what's going to happen. Any player could be traded any day for any other star player or whatever draft picks they want. Um, Do you see like D'Lo and Clay and Steph like playing all together on the same time? Or, I, I think feel like they... kind of. I feel like it's kind of weird like having three... I mean, those guys can all hit threes. I mean, that would be in... I mean, D'Lo can hit some deep threes, but I don't know. I don't know if he'd fit in that mix. I mean... You know, and only time will tell. I, I think that with Curry and Russell, at least, it could be like a little bit of a, a sneak preview of some Splash Brother action. Right. I think that once Thompson comes back, it could be a little crowded. You know, I know Curry is very good at driving to the basket, so is Russell, and Thompson's always been more of a, a corner guy. But they, it could work very well together, mm-hmm. or it could not be as great as they expect it to. Mm-hmm. And if it isn't that great, I mean, Russell's still going to be a very good trade asset. A lot of teams would probably want a player like him. What is he, like 22? Yeah. He's 22, so. averaged over 20 points last year. Was Draymond Green? I don't know. He might be a little bit. I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, a lot of people are counting out the Warriors. I think a lot of people are just dumb with the Warriors dominating the NBA. Um, but he's 29, actually, Draymond Green. No, I was saying D'Angelo Russell. Oh, D'Lo? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, yeah, he's like 22. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, you mentioned the – you mentioned he's 23. But you mentioned the Houston Rockets. Um, they've been a team that's – 
has been a dark horse the past two to three years to knock out the Golden State Warriors. They made a big move this week. They traded CP3, um, Chris Paul, that is, and two first-round picks for Russell Westbrook of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that means Russell Westbrook and James Harden reunite. They play on the same team. Once again, remember James Harden played for the Oklahoma City Thunder, was the sixth man there, um, and then Houston ultimately traded um, for him. So now Westbrook and Harden are back together. I mean, we talked about the strong teams out in L.A. Do you see Houston um, with the lineup of consisting of Westbrook, James Harden, and Clint Capella um, being a favorite out west or no? I don't know about a favorite, but I'll tell you what, they're they're better. They're better with Westbrook and you know, it's a lot of people are doubting this because Harden and Westbrook have the top two usage rates in the NBA, right? Right, right. The, right. And Westbrook is known for chucking up a, a lot of threes and not making yeah, any yeah, of them. Yeah. So. He's not yeah, I don't So like he him. may he may score triple double almost every game, but there's definitely times where he's shooting like 30% from three. And right, right, that's, right. that's below average in the NBA. Yeah. And for as much hate as he gets, he really is. He, he's a superstar. He's won an MVP. You know, he he's very good at driving to the basket. He's he's very, for as bad as his shot can be yeah. at times, when he's hot, he's hot. And Harden and him were a drafter around the same time and played on the Thunder together. And Westbrook obviously broke out before yeah. Harden did because Harden didn't really break out until he got traded to the Rockets right, yeah. in the starting lineup. But they do have a history together. I know that I've heard they've been you know friends. They've kept in touch over their ten years. Westbrook staying at Oklahoma City yeah. and Harden being in Houston, and I think that maybe they weren't planning this, but they do know each other's tendencies and they learn them when they're both very young players in the NBA and mm. they're going to figure out how to work, how to work together. Yeah. I mean, it should be interesting. I mean, uh, I think, I think that is the best backcourt in the NBA at this point. I mean, the James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I mean, they can't really get much better than that. Um, yeah. You mentioned the triple doubles. I mean, that's been sort of an ongoing joke between the two. Um, Russell Westbrook gets, uh, he has like the record for most triple doubles in a season. He averaged a triple double last year. Um, do you see that being an issue? Like they're both ball dominant guards, and I think that's why CP3, Chris Paul, that is, was really unsuccessful um, with Houston because you know he is the guy that needs the ball. He likes to distribute, and James Harden. You know, he had the ball in his hands really all the time. Do you see that being a factor with, you know, Russell Westbrook? And, I mean, I think that – I know that we know they played well together back in OKC when they were young, but now it's totally different. I mean, these are two MVP caliber players. Do you see see this being an issue, fighting for a ball? Yeah, I think it could go one of two ways. First, the way that wouldn't go so great is if they get frustrated over who handles the ball – and you know they, it, it will cause a worse shot selection through right. them trying to be the former players that they were and trying to force things to you know let pride get in the way of right. the way that they perform. But the other way it could go is say one of them isn't having so great of a game, if they're able to be unselfish and recognize that about themselves, they can 
kind of be used as a decoy and open up looks for the other person. And right. if, if they can figure out how to how to work together in that sense where they can recognize what days they're doing well, what days they're not doing well, then they could work well together. Because they're, they're both very capable of scoring points at will and recognizing open looks. And they're, you know obviously to be a triple-double master that they have, they have to be good at passing right. the rock too. You know, I mean... Really, it's going to come down to how willing they are to change their roles a little bit to make it both work. Make yeah. them both work. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying that the talent's there, but I, I think, I mean, those are probably the two best guards in the NBA. I mean, you, I mean, two, two top three guards um, in the NBA. I mean, they have to be in there, um, and probably two of the best scorers in the NBA as well. Um, but I mean, it should be interesting for Westbrook because. One thing I do respect about his play is, you know, he really did hustle. Um, He really, you know, once Kevin Durant left, you know, he was unhappy about it, but he really did take that team under his belt. You know, he could have easily demanded a trade from right then and on, but instead he really fought through it, um, made the most out of the players that he had there. Um, And he made guys like Steven Adams better, Andre Robertson. Um, So I, I thought... You know, considering what he had around him, it's pretty impressive that he was still able to get a triple-double out of it. Um, you know, it wasn't like he was with a super team exactly when Kevin Durant left. So, I wonder how it feels but, to be Steven Adams right now. Steven Adams is probably like, get me out of here, like, honestly. I don't know yeah. what – I don't know. I mean, I know the Celtics had were rumored to trade um, for Steven Adams, but I would have been fine with that. But they got the other OK, former OKC center, Ennis Canner. Uh, who should be pretty good. But um, real quickly, wrapping up NBA, if you had to predict the NBA Finals right now, what two teams do you have matching up against each other out of the East and West? So I hate to say it, but in the East, the 76ers are just, they have too much talent. I think that Embiid has only been getting better and better, and if Ben Simmons can somewhat even develop a jump shot, maybe attempt a few threes yeah. <laughs> the whole year and make one. Yeah, um, they're going to be a better one. team. You know, people forget that if it weren't for a lucky Kawhi Leonard shot in Game 7, the 76ers could have been playing the Bucks in right. the Eastern Finals. So this team, it's, it's, it's improved dramatically over the years. You know, they used to be one of the worst teams in the NBA, and they've mm. really built a solid young yeah. core. And they've been building players around them too. They lost Jimmy Butler though for six They did, but I think, you know they're they're still destined to do perform very well. They've got, you know, what, Embiid, Simmons, Al Horford. Yeah. They added. They got Josh Richardson, who's a very good two A player from the Heat. Yeah. And obviously they have Tobias Harris too. Like that starting five is incredible and they have some good players in the bench too. So I think they're my pick out of the East. Now in the West there's probably like four or five teams you could choose, yeah. honestly. Um, you know, I, I, I do think yeah, that... That's the toughest one. I do think that will probably be the Clippers, just because I think they're the most destined to perform well together this year. I do think the Lakers will do really well, and Houston also has a chance. I wouldn't count out the Warriors. You know, there's The Jazz are a good team now, too. Mm-hmm. I mean... But I, I think Jazz you have to. A good team, yeah, I think you sure. have to go with the Clippers. Yeah. And I think for the the eventual winner, I also think it would be the Clippers. I'm gonna go unpopular opinion here. Rockets out west. Um, I put up a heat of a day 
uh, just yesterday um, on our site or on our Instagram page. And I said uh, the Houston Rockets will be the favorites uh, out west in the Western Conference. Uh, Devin Peach, uh, you said you agree that this definitely makes the Rockets better, but you still think one of the L.A. teams out west will make it out there. And you said you're agreeing with Lad here. He thinks the Clippers as well. Uh, so Devin Peach, shout out there. Um, so I think Houston is going to make it out in the Western Conference. And then um, I'm going to have the Milwaukee Bucks make it out in the Eastern Conference. I think the 76ers are really good, but and they have a lot of size. But I think I, I don't like they have four guys that won't like to play in the post. I I think the combination of Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid, and and Ben Simmons. I mean, all those guys are really force. Like they're all really power forwards, um, centers. I know you could consider Ben Simmons a guard now, a point guard, but you know you mentioned they have Josh Richardson at the point, and he's a good shooter. But that team doesn't really have that much depth and that many good shooters. I think they lost big time in in Jimmy Butler. I think it would have kept the team a little bit more balanced. Um, and I think for Milwaukee, they bring back Chris Middleton. I know they lost Malcolm Brogdon, so they lose some depth there. But Giannis is coming off of the MVP caliber season. He only looks like he's getting better. Um, and Chris Middleton is completely underappreciated um, for the Milwaukee Bucks. I know he gets overshadowed by a guy like Giannis, but when teams focus so much on a guy like Giannis and Tenacumbo, it's really Chris Middleton that's able to win these games for Milwaukee and um, come through. So I could see a Milwaukee Bucks, Houston Rockets, NBA Finals. Um, I it's really tough. And I might I might go I might go Rockets win it all. I don't know. I mean, people forget people forget though that the Rockets still have Clint Capella. They still have one of the better centers in this league, Clint Capella. Houston, um, we have a problem. We do, bro. I, I mean, Clint Capella is one of the better rim protectors in this league. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how a guy, um, two guys like Russell Westbrook and James Harden pair up together, and uh, we'll see what they can do. Do you think um, Houston has the defense that's capable of winning the finals, though? Um, that is... That is something that the Clippers do have. The See, that's Clippers that's why I, that's why I'm but, thinking the Clippers is if you look at Paul George and you look at Kawhi Leonard, they have PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker is a really good defender. Um, Clint Capella is really good. Russell Westbrook um, actually isn't that bad of a defender. Um, I'll take Russell Westbrook as a defender over Harden. But. Yeah, Harden is. I, I think the, the X factor that. for the Rockets, believe it or not, is going to be Harden's ability to actually play defense. I can see that. That's kind of funny, though. That is pretty funny. I mean, they were kind of ratting on him at the uh, the ESPYS. I don't know if it was the yeah, ESPYS, but it was like with him and uh, Chris Paul, and they said, um, I think they said something about James Harden's defense. I don't know. It's pretty funny, but um, yeah. I mean, I think that's gonna do it for NBA talk. Um, real quickly, I want to talk about Women's World Cup. They won two zero to the Netherlands. Um, Megan Rapino with the goal and Rose Lavelle um, 
also with the goal. I put up a big queue. Um, Alex Morgan's tea party celebration. Do you guys think it was over the top? Um, you know, I know the the celebration was against the win against um, England. Alex Morgan puts up the pinky up celebration against uh, England, and a lot of people weren't happy about it. But when I put it up, it seems like everyone freaking loved it. Uh, Griffin, uh, my boy Griff, he said, Selly was awesome, not too much, let the girls play. I'm all with that, bro. And then uh, Nick Beal said, Alex Morgan for president. Dude, I'm not against that either. I mean, Alex Honestly, Morgan. With the, with Alex the Morgan. We got this Al, year. Alex Morgan is a savage, bro. Like, she's awesome. I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think this is one of the best U.S. sports teams of all time, or? I think they're definitely up there. The dynasty that they've built. You know, this this was their second World Cup winning in a row. I think that you know, if you look at players like Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan, they're great leaders. They're great soccer players, and. The way they've been able to advertise our country and you know just play in in the world stage is just incredible. I I don't really know too much about soccer, but I do know that if you look at a hotly debated issue such as you know women getting the same pay as men in in World Cup soccer, that I don't see any reason why the women aren't. You know, if you look at how much they're paid for making the team, I think the average woman gets around sixty thousand dollars for playing with the women's world cup team from you know the i think they usually start the team a few years before the world cup and it goes through it um and then if you look at the men they make around ninety thousand dollars for being on the men's team but like the u.s men's team you know they they're not capable they didn't even make the world cup last time and you look at this women's team that's being facilitating themselves is the best women's team in the world you know honestly if they went up against the men's team i wouldn't be surprised if they gave them a good shot if not one um i think that you know these these women if anything deserve to get paid more than the men yeah for how well they play so congrats to them they get the 2-0 win over the netherlands uh world cup final i think that's their fourth cup uh win of all time so really awesome great week for that uh, big week in sports, actually, uh, lad. Uh, Wimbledon is also going on. While, you know, World Cup, we talk about the home run derby, all these trades happening in NBA as the free agency is coming to an end. But all, you know, Wimbledon is also on the way. Um, Coco Goff, uh, 15, 15 years year, old. Yeah. Um, tennis sensation this week. She made it to the round of 16. Um I think her last round that she won, she she lost in the round of 16 to yeah. um, seven seed. I forget who it was, but um, she she lost to S. Was it Simona Halep? So she was seven in the world. Coco Goff, let me remind you, 314th ranked in the world at age 15. Um, the round before that, she won 220 thousand um, dollars. So Coco Goff, I know, right? Uh, Coco Goff already making a huge statement in the world of tennis. Do you see her being the best female tennis player of all time? And I mean, com- I mean, she did beat Venus Williams, but one of the bigger names in tennis, or uh, one of the best female athletes of all time, not just in tennis, Serena Williams. Do you see Coco Goff 
being better than her someday? Or Well, before I answer that, something funny that I saw on the internet the other day was that um, they actually surveyed British men, and they asked them if they could score a singular point against Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. And one-sixth of them said they could. Now, I don't know about you, but... I, I couldn't even. I don't, I don't, don't even I think could, I would man. be able to see the ball I if she served either, it to me. Man. So yeah, there's I no mean, chance. I think it's a little generous to say one sixth of the British population could score a point against. I her. don't think I could. Yeah. Now going back to what's her name, Coco. Coco Goff. Yeah. Coco Goff. I think years that's. Old. I don't follow tennis too much, but I think that's outstanding. I mean Wimbledon. Wimbledon, Wimbledon at 15 yeah. years old makes. Yeah. It. Well, how do you even make it to that stage? Let alone what she have to win two. Two matches? Yeah, no, she had to win. That's four, I think, three or four rounds. She made it to the fourth round of Wimbledon. Even yeah, even to even to make it to Wimbledon at age fifteen is incredible. I I, I don't even know what I was doing when I was fifteen, yeah, but I, I couldn't I imagine going doing math homework or something. Yeah, probably. probably like yeah. I was probably I struggling know. with like pre-algebra yeah, at that point. Jeez, I don't even yeah. know. Um, but yeah, Coco Goff, uh, huge name in tennis. We talked about. Goff beating Venus Williams um, in the first round, but Venus Williams' sister, Serena Williams, I don't think, I think you've heard of her. Um, yeah, might have. Just lost in the final today um, to, I believe, let me, she lost to, she just lost in the final, can't really, let me see if I find it. Anyway, Serena Williams lost today. Um, I don't think really too many people care about who she lost to, maybe. Um, but all that matters is we all know Serena Williams. Um, is she considered the best female athlete of all time? Listen, I mean, Serena Williams has been a household name for as long as I can remember for women's sports. I think that... She might even be underrated for how good she is, especially if you look at that yeah. British poll I talked about. Yeah, I think that if she won against a lot of men's tennis players, she would right. probably perform very well. She's got an insanely fast serve. She's right. very athletic, and she just had a kid recently too, and yeah, she's been able to bounce back it's as crazy. well as she has. I think that she's definitely been one of the poster girls for women's sports for as long as I can remember. And... She's right up there with the U.S. women's national soccer team as being huge advocates for young girls getting involved in sports in the U.S. And I think it's great that all these things are going on and these athletes are getting the spotlight. And I hope it inspires that many more people to get involved. Mm-hmm. Serena Williams, I, I mean, I think she's the best female athlete of all time. I mean, what she's done for tennis, she's really changed the game. Um, even though she lost in the final, she lost to Sil- Simona Halep, the same girl that beat Coco Goff, actually. So she must be pretty good. So, though. yeah. So Simona Halep, the women's Wimbledon champion um, this year, but I don't think that changes where Serena Williams stands um, all Wasn't time. She, I don't think that changes. She was, her she was buying for like her what twenty fourth major title yeah, in tennis. Yeah, something insane like that that's I mean, gotta be the she's record, been so right? dominant i mean between her and tiger woods you got to consider those two people maybe even tom brady um as the most dominant um figures in their respective sports um just in terms of you know not no one can no one can really beat them um 
And then looking over at the men's Wimbledon uh, final tomorrow, Roger Federer takes on Novak Djokovic. Um, Roger Federer beat Rafael Nadal um, just yesterday. So I put up Big Q, do you, who do you think will win? Um, Roger Federer or Nadal? My boy Liam Alden said Federer the GOAT, so I think he's rolling with Federer on that one. So who do you think wins this match between Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic? Yeah, Should be a good one. When, when I think of the Joker, I think of the model of consistency. I think that it doesn't matter what playing surface they're on. He's... He's always he's always a pretty consistent player. He's usually in the finals against either Federer or, or Nadal, I feel like. But on the other side, when I think of Federer, I think of an extremely explosive athlete that when he's hot, there's no one that can beat him. And it's, mm. it's normally Nadal and the Joker going against right. Federer. Mm-hmm. Those three seem to be pretty consistently in the semifinals or finals of the majors. Right. But I think Federer's got this one. I think he's to beat someone like Nadal too as right. dominantly as he did the other day. You know, he's going to come out fiery and he's going to he's going to take this one. So, to wrap things up here, we're going to do the typical shout-outs I do at the end of the podcast. Most of the shout-outs are going to come from uh, probably my most popular post this week. So, this was a big cue from ESPN. So lad, let me ask you, whose performance has been more impressive? Brady's at age 41 or Patrick Mahomes at age 23? Patrick Mahomes, let me remind you, won NFL MVP in his first full season while Tom Brady won his sixth Super Bowl ring last year as Brady is on the verge of 42. And then um, Derek Keenan said Mahomes, uh, if he literally didn't have the worst defense in Chiefs history, he'd have a ring. Um, he said he does say he's a Chiefs fan, so that may influence some things. But he thinks um, Mahomes is a little bit more impressive. Tyler Baraldi said Brady. What's Brady's? What Brady has done in the past, post the age of forty, is unparalleled and crucially underrated aspect of his legacy. Um, Jay White said Brady. It's not even close. So let me ask you. Whose performance is more impressive? I'm gonna try to take a completely unbiased look at this. Obviously, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm a huge fan of Brady, but I'm also a huge fan of Mahomes. And I think if when you think of the average career lifespan of the NFL player, it's around three to four years. That's it. Only three to four years for the average NFL player. And to think that Brady has been in the NFL for what now? Like 18, 19 years? Something yeah. ridiculous like yeah. that? That's just unprecedented. You know, there's been a few quarterbacks that have played into their 40s, but typically they haven't played nearly as well as Brady has. Or they haven't demonstrated, been able to demonstrate the leadership or the inspiration that he has on his team. I think if you look at Mahomes, he's going to be a perennial contender and he's going to be a perennial MVP. He's going to be in the conversation for all those things every single year and i think i even saw a video of him throwing a football out of yeah i I just i just saw that he's obviously extremely explosive thrower he's got really good weapons around him but all of those things for a really young good athlete are somewhat expected you know maybe maybe not to develop into the caliber of quarterback that he has so quickly but it's not like he's the first one to ever do that. Right. If you look at Brady's side, how well he's performing at this age, 
Very, yeah, very, very few quarterbacks nope, yeah. have done that, if any. I don't think anyone has. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's the avocado ice cream. I don't know if it's it might be. whatever I mean, he's doing. The TB12 you know, method, bro. He's threw a quarterback. He threw a football at, what, like 62 miles an hour yeah. the other day? Just he's gone faster. He's yeah. gone faster, Just too. to put it in perspective, the fastest throw that's ever been recorded on a football was at the combine i think it was maybe josh allen maybe patrick mahomes threw it like 63 something like that for brady to be throwing that quick still at age 42 now it's incredible i mean if you look at peyton manning he was probably chucking it like 50 miles an hour when he was in his 40s i mean there's just brady isn't going anywhere and it He's Maybe, only gone better. Like yeah. you can actually make the argument that Brady has gone better. Yeah, what well, he's he, out of all the seasons he's been healthy in the NFL, he has made the Super Bowl one more time than he's missed it at all of his careers. It's crazy, insane. So I, I think it's a tough question, but you got to give the edge to Brady right now. Yeah, Brady. That's nothing against Mahomes. He's he's probably going to be the better statistical quarterback for yeah. the rest of Brady's career. But Brady's leadership and his ability to just flat out win yeah. could will him over Mahomes yeah. at least for the next few years. You saw in the AFC Championship that close game. I mean, that was really the Super Bowl if you think about it for the Patriots. I mean, that huge win over um, the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium um, for the AFC Championship. Brady taking down Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs on the road was huge. Um, for sure. But. Yeah, I think that's going to do it, man. I mean, we talked a little bit about NBA. We talked about the Home Run Derby, MLB, the Women's World Cup, Wimbledon, a lot happening in sports this week. So thanks for joining us. I'm Kevin Larney alongside Alex Ladd, Wild Chats Podcast number six. Keep dropping your thoughts on our site. Remember, it's open platform. We shout you out on Instagram, all social media. Um, So keep it up, guys. Um, Love to hear your thoughts on what's going on. Ladd, any lasting thoughts? Any... uh, I mean, it's a wild sports world. Who would have thought the yeah. NBA would be would have as much drama when it's not even the season? It almost has know, more right? drama in the off season. You know, the MLBs having a great year. There's a lot of really good teams. It's gonna come down to hot finish. It's gonna be an interesting playoffs. I think it's great that there's so many women's sports that are, you know, creating the spotlight that they are i mean it's just it's a great time to be a sports fan regardless of where you live so and especially here in boston right diehard boston fans it's always going to be great to yeah. be a boston sports fan all right once again i'm kevin larney alongside alex ladd wild chat podcast number six peace out guys thanks for tuning in peace out from the sweet life of zach and cody on the sweet life on drake bell here it's your girl camille costek from gavin in the house Shoe nice again. Lay Howard from the Los Angeles Lakers. This is CeeLo Green. To follow at Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. If you Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Peace. Wild Chat Sports, man. Check it out. Love.